Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday night, and that means it's time for us to talk all about Monday Night Raw. My name is Jack Farmer, but I'm not alone. I'm joined by none other than Justin Labar and Raj Geary. Justin, you're back from a vacation somewhere, just not working, kicking your feet up. How are you feeling after the break? Stop exaggerating. I was working, Jack. <laughs> Stop exaggerating. Uh, you know, I, I, I will say it, it was uh, it was weird to go through a Monday last week and not be talking to you guys. I'm ba- I'm happy to be back on the saddle, and I'm just trying to find my spot where I can uh, emulate the Nia Jack Charlotte match, and I can start shooting on one of you. So just look out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely get to that, but that was an interesting moment in the night there. Uh, Raj, how are you doing? You I'm doing good. Just tired, but but good. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a long weekend. Um, lots going on in this crazy wrestling world. It's not getting any slower this week. So yeah, but it's but it's all good. Yeah, I thought that things were going to slow down a little bit after last week, but no, it just keeps on trucking here at Wrestling World. I know, and it looks like Daniel Bryan might be in AEW as soon as by this point next week. It's crazy. What a weird, crazy world. Someone. Uh, posted up a picture for the all out uh you know their little all out uh i guess poster or whatever and it had you know cm punk and sting and kenny omega and i was thinking that looks like when i play wwe 2k in universe mode and i have all my created wrestlers in there and i put a show together like that would never really happen (laughs) (laughs) but here we are yeah it's just it's it's weird and then yeah you add in daniel bryan and everyone else who i mean just craziness crazy stuff going on in wrestling today it's a crazy time but uh, as everyone settles in everyone comes on in and joins us after the show uh let's talk about some news shall we uh by the way i do want to thank everyone who's already joined us everyone here in the chat everyone who leaves comments subscribes shares likes all that good stuff five star reviews on apple Podcasts. by the way leave a couple of those those are always appreciated uh Let's talk about the biggest thing, and that is Brock Lesnar and his WWE deal came back at SummerSlam. And on the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted that Lesnar has signed on for 8 to 12 dates uh, for the remainder of his contract. This does not include TV appearances and only concerns matches. It has been reported that Lesnar has signed a contract until 2023. Also, despite making his return at SummerSlam, Lesnar will not be Reigns' next opponent for the Universal title, but will instead be Finn Balor on the next episode of SmackDown. Uh, I am such a huge Brock Lesnar fan, so I love hearing he's got a bunch of bunch of matches lined up. Uh, but uh, Justin, we'll start with you. Uh, how do you feel about hearing this news? Well, I'm a big Brock fan as well. I love seeing him back. I think he's just one. I mean, he he truly is. Um, <clears throat> this gets overused sometimes in sports entertainment, but he truly is a generational talent for the mm-hmm. business. For, not just for pro wrestling, but I just combat sports in general for for what he what he's been able to do. But especially in pro wrestling, to uh, you know carry on his his MMA shoot persona and be one of the greatest workers ever. And that's what gets lost right now in conversation, especially with the, uh, you know, the different types of wrestling fans is the, they think that he's all about the money and doesn't care about anything. No, this, this guy's actually a really good worker. He knows how to work. Um, and so I'm happy to see him back. He does move the needle. He is one of a kind. He is once in a generation uh, on the one hand, you know, when you, when you, when you see him come back at SummerSlam, but then find out that he's not going to be the next opponent, uh, <laughs> For Roman Reigns, it does scream huge reactionary move to what AEW had going on at the same time, uh, the same weekend. 
with CM Punk. Uh, and on the other hand, I'm looking at, you know, oh, wow, eight to 12 matches already kind of being put on paper and lined up over the next 18 months, uh, 18 to 24 months. That's actually quite a lot for Brock based upon his his scale of, of, of timeline. So, uh, and, and who are those? I mean, we've seen him in repeat situations against guys. So are we actually going to get lined up some fresh opponents and fresh blood? For Brock, I mean Roman Reigns is not a fresh situation. It's fresh that, that that Brock's the face and Roman's a heel. But how much original can you get me here with Brock Lesnar in the next uh, year and a half, two years? We did have Brock against Ricochet last year. If you uh, yeah. re- remember that, how did, um, that how did that slip my mind? Ron? <laughs> <laughs> there and there I was too. I'm like, come on, Ricochet! I'm coming. <laughs> no. uh, it is Ricochet interesting because those on. count as matches. So, so you know, Brock could do an angle where he's physical with somebody they're brawling all over the place like in the past with undertaker and you know that doesn't count as match but you know when he comes in destroys somebody in, in five seconds that does um but yeah you know look i'm, I'm a huge brock lesnar fan i kind of hope that he's done with paul Heyman for now i'd like to see something different from him because i think that's the one thing with brock was it got it was getting really redundant there for a while with paul doing his promos and brock just you know standing there uh, just smiling and you know doing whatever and you know that's great for a while but you know this has been happening for what six years now so i think getting rid of paul maybe doing he doesn't need to go out and do 15 minute promos but just just to, you know just a little bit here and there just something different um so i i hope that's what we see and to that point, Raj, you know, when Brock came back, if everybody remembers, when Brock first came back to the WWE after his very long absence, when he came back in, uh, what was it, 2012, right after WrestleMania. And, you know, Paul Heyman was not involved in the company. Brock came back solo. And he did have to cut some promos that weren't the greatest. And I think it's even been documented by, the, by right. Paul or by Brock that, like, Brock basically said events, we'll bring Paul back. If, if that wasn't the promo you wanted, you know, that's not my deal. I go out there and I kick ass. Uh, and obviously, Paul did eventually come back. So the difference now is, first off, one off, he could be without Paul. And I agree. It, it would be a fresh coat of paint. And Brock is so much more than he was in 2012. He came back because he had been gone for a while and he had accomplished something in MMA. But now that he's been in WWE and Suplex City has, ha- has been created and he's broken the Undertaker streak and he's got so much more of it, just a different level to him. Yeah, not much needs to be said. He can talk in very short sound bites. And oh, by the way, if you still need him to get a good sound bite, He's still friends in real life with Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman works there, so Paul Heyman can still help write for Brock Lesnar. He just doesn't need to be the on-screen advocate uh, for Brock Lesnar. Right, and you could always pair them back together down the road, but, um, you know, for now, I'd love to see Brock do it. You know, when he does say stuff, it's usually gold. You know, whether it's, I don't give a shit about your kids to Heath Slater or... Uh, you know, so, uh, and, and, and when they would, you know, every now and then they do those video packages where you have Brock, you know, talking backstage. And uh, I always thought those were great. So I ho- I'm hoping we see uh, different from Brock this time around. But I- I'm glad that he's back. I don't think you need him to be doing 15 minute promos to open the show. No, I don't think that no. even is who he is. I like those one, like one or two sentence things from him, like the I don't care about your kids or whatever that that stand out. That's who, what I like about Brock. I feel like he's unchained now without Paul Heyman. He can do whatever he wants. And I'm excited for Brock Lesnar. I, again, I've always been, I always call myself the head broccoli of the Brock flock. So I, uh, I'm really excited in general, but he, uh, what I like about seeing this eight to 12, I mean, that's a justifiable title reign. If he wins a title, 
and he keeps it for a few matches, I think he could be a champion again. That's the that's the last thing he needs. You use this to, if he's the ba- if he's gonna be babyface. If he's gonna be he's Brock Lesnar no matter what. But if he's gonna be on the babyface side of the fence, that's the last thing he needs. Just line up fresh. He's a marquee. You don't need titles. Just you know, because you're right. He can just say something as simple. He can say suplex city bitch and that's yeah. all the line you need from him it's just those little golden you know sound bites yeah. he gets yeah i also want to defend the match against ricochet that was in saudi arabia right right yeah so even if it is just a quick thing if you fly all the way out there you deserve to get that have that count as a match come on that's, a, <laughs> that's quite a that's quite a trip to make out there yeah, uh Everybody else had to had to wrestle, <laughs> but uh, but Brock versus um, Brock versus Roman is set for Crown Jewel, so it's not at Extreme Rules; it's at Crown Jewel. So, will we see another match just like the one with Ricochet? I doubt it, but it'll, I'm still excited. That's going to be so good. Wait, is Crown Jewel going to be Brock and Roman, or is that going to be okay? It- yeah, it's Brock and Roman. Finn is on SmackDown. Yeah, and I have a feeling that's going to lead to a, a rematch at Extreme Rules. So Probably. I think it's, yeah, Finn and Roman at Extreme Rules. That wow. one's just my guess. And then, and then you should have yeah. to sell the Barclays Center in November for, for Survivor Series. Right. Hmm. I'm sure they'll find something for that. Uh, but uh, uh, Zook Enigma in the chat says, Brock's promos were off the chart in UFC. Yeah, he was were. great. Yeah, they were fantastic. <laughs> uh, uh, he's he's great on the microphone. I mean, yeah, he's not the Rock, but like he he he's always got a good soundbite. He's always got a good little chunk. And UFC promos are just different than wrestling promos. Like Ken Shamrock was great in UFC. Like he was a great talker, but his talking pro wrestling, you know, hasn't been. So yeah. it's just it's just a different kind of promo style. The way they do it, mostly those video packages, or you know, right after a match, as opposed to you're opening a show and you have to be out there for ten, twelve minutes. Well, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, yeah, the sit downs they can make anybody sound good, and that, and you, as you reference, Raj, I've done that with Brock some in WWE, and it's always good the the sit down dramatics. But then, yeah, live promos in UFC, you're not you don't have to sell people on come watch this fight. You don't have to sell anything. <laughs> It's it's the post match where you, where you just won, so you get to talk as much shit as you want. Right, right. And call out, and get, you get to name your next opponent. Right, right. Uh, so, Brock with Daniel Cormier, where he's like, "I'm coming after you, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I, I love Brock Lesnar. I think I think he's so good. I, I think when it all is said and done, we'll put him up there in in the tops lists uh, once once he's done for good. But uh, yeah. I like this story with Roman and Brock, too, because Brock's always kind of had the better Roman. Roman's only beat him once, and it wasn't necessarily clean. So there, there's a lot of history there that they could they could delve into. It also works with the way Roman's been putting away legends lately. Uh, but it, it, there is also that thing with Brock. Like, as big as John Cena is, and I love John Cena. I think he's an all-timer, too. Like, when Brock came out, it did feel like, ooh, now it's even bigger of a deal than John Cena, even, which I think is saying something when you can – Make everyone go, ooh, this is a bigger test. Yeah, I think with John Cena. Yeah, and I think with Cena, everyone kind of knew he Cena wasn't winning. He's only here for a little bit, and he's leaving. Uh, with Brock, he's around for a while, so they could have him beat Roman. I don't see it, but they could always do it and have a rematch at Survivor Series, so yeah. or Royal Rumble. Yeah, I like them both. I don't know who to pick. I'm very torn in this <laughs> matchup. Yeah. They're like my kids. I don't want to see them fight. I want to root for both of them. <laughs> you want to see them be a tag team? Yeah. Face RK Bro. <laughs> that would be so ridiculous and unfair. Those two are a tag team. The Usos are like, 
here you go, Oos. Just hand the title <laughs> over. Uh, but uh, that's one big return. But we let's talk about a return that hasn't happened yet, one that is coming up, and that is Sasha Banks. Uh, WWE officials are hopeful that Sasha Banks will be back in action by mid-September. Uh, as we've noted, and this is from WrestlingInc.com, of course, uh, Banks is currently not cleared to compete for an unknown reason. She was has not wrestled since August 7th, WWE's Super Show Live event in Fort Myers, Florida, and was forced to miss SummerSlam because she was not cleared. In an update, uh, PW Insider reports that the hope is that if all goes well, Banks will return to the road for WWE during the weekend of September 10th which would be the Super SmackDown taping for Madison Square Garden in New York City. Um, Raj, we still don't know exactly why she's off, but uh, it sounds like they're hopeful she'll be back soon. Yeah, she hasn't been cleared. And um, yeah, so it's a, a medical thing. It hasn't been cleared. and uh, But yeah, she should be hopefully in the next week and a half, two weeks. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I, it seems like that uh, SmackDown division smackdown is so stacked it's almost unfair that they get her back as well uh, right but then they keep having carmella and zelina vega you know involved in those angles when neither of them have, have won a match in, in forever yeah it's i i feel like they should have those two in a match against each other just to see right what's gonna like <laughs> someone's gotta win so. <laughs> uh but uh justin any takeaways from sasha cole or sasha Sasha Banks being out and uh, uh, maybe her coming back. Anything you'd want to see? Any uh, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, bad timing. I mean, they, they were building so much of the SummerSlam around, you know, Cardi B's song and uh, being the official theme song and Bianca and Sasha and, you know, all the different uh, other uh, mainstream crossovers they were attempting for. I mean, so, you know, Sasha's a... Sasha has a huge, has a very passionate diehard fan base, fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's fun to watch. But I mean, there's been a lot of just bad or controversial timing in her career of things behind the scenes of of not clear for this or maybe a little bit of you know uh, disagreement with the office over here. Uh, so hopefully she just gets back and gets gets back on it. But you're right, SmackDown's got a loaded loaded situation, loaded roster. Yeah, with especially with Sasha and uh, Becky now on the same brand, that's a, that's a lot of star power in that division. It seems too like because once Bailey comes back as well, I don't know what her return. She, she, hers is still down the road. Uh, I was thinking you got the four horse, you got three of the four horse women over there. Um, I love all of them, but they are people who have had matches together many right. many many times and so but you can't not have them featured so i feel like it put them in a tough spot to what do you do do you just have them go at it again because they're clearly the top stars but at the same time we've seen it a million times i don't know it's it, yeah that's a question for someone else but yeah sasha banks very loyal fans and uh you know i wasn't a believer in sasha banks i'll admit it for a long time but i do find myself caring about every match she's in so i was like you know what maybe i'm just being a hater i got over it and now i'm like yeah sasha banks is pretty great mm-hmm. i changed my mind sasha banks you changed my mind uh and now i'm a believer in you uh king rail in the chat says i would love to see brock versus riddle or bobby uh, yeah bobby lashley seems like the one everyone wants but we're just not gonna get it for right. whatever reason <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, WrestleMania time, but who else is there for Brock if they're doing Roman now, as far as a, a really intriguing WrestleMania, you know, opponent, I mean, that kind of leaves Lashley and, and not many others. 
It's not carrying cross. It's uh, well, <laughs> he got a win tonight. Uh, but that I, I, I worry though, because that puts Lesnar in a very dangerous spot of if he challenges Reigns, loses, and then goes to Bobby Lashley. If he loses that one, he's very quickly becoming a Goldberg who just comes back and loses. Unless he beats Lashley. Well, that's true. And but, you could have that yeah. continue after that. Because he's true. again, he's around for a while, so he doesn't have to he doesn't have to lose. Yeah, maybe he could be the Raw champ. And, and Brock is so accomplished again. This is this is the only guy that's ever going to be able to say he broke the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania. Brock's so accomplished, and he is he's so dominant. Even when he loses, he has a dominant performance. Nobody comes in and squashes right. Brock Lesnar. So I, I think that you it's kind of like a it, it's just the luxury you have of, of the of the credibility and the equity that you've built up with Brock Lesnar is that you can afford to have him lose two three matches in a row spaced out over time and nobody's gonna go out oh, brock lesnar's he he's gone soft he's still brock for lesnar right it is true it seems like people brag about beating him more than be- winning the world title like seth rollins will still be like i'm the beast slayer and drew mcintyre was like i beat brock lesnar right like you were the champion too i mean that's not for nothing come on that's, yeah. that's a little something too yeah but it seems like beating brock lesnar means more uh, than you can count the number of people that beat brock on since his since his return pretty much the one hand, you know, Maybe. it's it's Roman, uh, Triple H, John Cena, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, didn't Taker eventually get Taker home? and Taker? Yeah, so so six. I might Goldberg be too. Did we say Goldberg? Ben Goldberg, right? Yeah, Goldberg squashed him, but you know, again, to Justin's point, uh, Lesnar's so established that that did nothing to hurt him. It it actually helped. It it, it created interest in the rematch. Also, I feel like getting squashed by Goldberg doesn't really count as a squash because that's just the the way Goldberg matches go. Oh, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I, it was Goldberg's first run back. I mean, it, it yeah. mattered. And everyone was expecting Lesnar to win. Everyone was thinking that Goldberg was one and done. So, I mean, it was a, that was a pretty big shock. It was a pretty cool, yeah. cool moment when it happened. Plus, I'm a big Goldberg fan, so I was okay with it. Uh, (laughs) Goldberg and Lashley. Jack, Jack, who are you not a fan of? (laughs) You're a fan of Humberto Carrillo, I bet. (laughs) Well, eh, I'm okay with the guy. Um, I still have this this, this nagging thing that I get mad about. I can't remember. I think it it must have been like two years ago, three years ago, where they were doing the draft, and he was drafted like number four. But when he hadn't even been on TV, and I lost my mind about it, I was like, "What are you drafting this guy at number four for?" I was acting like it was a real draft. Like, there's no value in him. He's going to be available in later rounds. <laughs> I got really upset about it. Hey, but... geez, sounds like it. You still remember it? <laughs> still remember Humberto Carrillo's draft number? <laughs> I was very upset about it. Um, uh, but someone I really love, also though. Adam Cole, baby. Uh, WWE reportedly issued a memo on Adam Cole's status to the rest of the company today. As noted, Cole's WWE contract was set to expire this past Friday, making him a free agent. It's now confirmed that Cole is no longer with the company and is a free agent. WWE officials issued an internal memo this morning advising Cole to... Advising that Cole was no longer with the company, according to PW Insider. The memo was sent via email... Cole is free to sign with any promotion he wants, and it is possible that he and the WWE agree on a new deal. Fightful Select noted today how WWE sources expect Cole to field various offers from other companies. Um, Adam Cole is just 
amazing. I uh, I know he doesn't have the size, and that's the thing that a lot of people worry about. But I feel like anytime you give him a chance, he crushes it. Uh, he's got to be the bell of the ball right now, right, Justin? Yeah, you know, uh, he's got some he's got some negotiating power now. He's got some leverage. He's uh, he's a guy that every company, you know, even WWE still wants. Uh, it's just a matter of how much are they willing to invest in him, and then then you go down beyond dollars of like. Okay, what's the plan to use me? How many dates am I working? What's this? What's this? You know, so you know, good on him. You, the, you know, the these opportunities don't come often. Uh, you know, very few people get these, and very few people get more than one. Uh, you start to get into elite uh, category, no pun intended, when you can, you know, ha- have these situations. So uh, I hope that he's uh, just taking it all in, makes the best decision for him. But uh, you know, where he goes, we'll see. But I mean, I, I mean, I think let's be real. It's WWE or AEW. That's not. Yeah, you know, I, sorry, Ring of Honor, sorry, Impact. It's just you know you're not gonna be able to compete with that, and that's just reality. But uh, it's a great situation for him, business wise. So you don't think Poughkeepsie Wrestling Federation has a chance of signing him? <laughs> as much as we all love going to Poughkeepsie. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I don't know why that was the place I picked out of the top man, but uh, I feel like and, and Raj, you seem like you know a lot about contracts and things like that. This has got to be incredibly stressful because i'm sure wwe is offering a ton of money but there's that fear of what if i sign and then i end up having to wear a carrying cross outfit or what if i sign and then it it doesn't go the way i want it to and now my value's down and i can't get that same deal because AEW probably wouldn't pitch the same deal after that happens to him as they do right now and he's got there's almost like a curse of choices i'd imagine if you're adam cole i mean to me it just seems uh... I mean, I, I don't know uh, where he's going. It seems to me he's, he's leaning in a certain direction. I think if he was going to stay with WWE, he probably would have signed by now. Um, and he, it just seems like a safer fit for him just based on his size. Yes, you, people that are smaller can get to the top. But it's such a small number of people that have been able to do that. Daniel Bryan... Ray Mysterio, and Ray Mysterio was never the guy. Daniel Bryan is probably as close uh, to that level. I guess CM Punk um, is uh, is around the same size. So, uh, just it seems like a safer bet for him in, in AEW, where th- that doesn't matter as much. Yeah, but I will say this too: this is also a tough time period to enter AEW and grab yeah. headlines when you are coming in and, 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 and as, as a new as a new arrival. Right behind CM Punk, right behind Brian Danielson, you know. So that's, you know, that matters too. Yeah, absolutely. I hate, I hate that it took me so long to get used to saying Daniel Bryan, and now it's going to take just as long to get used to saying Brian Danielson again. Yeah, I'm not used to it yet. Right. <laughs> I keep saying Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Here, yeah, Justin, hearing you say it again that way, I was like, oh yeah, that's like, <laughs> well. Usually, I in general, I use their previously used ring name until they've officially changed it, and he. Technically hasn't officially changed it yet. Oh, so there you go. You know, Bray Wyatt's Bray Wyatt. Right. That's fair. (laughs) Uh, Jacob S. in the chat says, Cross needs to doomsday the wardrobe department. Uh, Yeah. It's bad. We'll get to it. Uh, And Joel Wood says, I feel like it's about 55-45 to AEW at this point, but I'd like him to stay in WWE. Um, WWE, they need more top guys. Um, Yeah. They don't. They don't really have any top baby faces that are new and and that are really over. They got top heels, and uh, they just need more. And he he would fit that bill. And I, I mean, 
it's always exciting when they go to somewhere new because it's that's just more exciting. But it, it's the WWE is still the WWE. Let's not pretend like right. they're still not the biggest biggest game in town too. No, um, by far. Yeah, and Joel Wood says as well, he's a better fit in WWE simply because of the split rosters. Look at the main event uh, depth on both shows. Just about everybody has been used recently. Uh, well, there's a thing about being used and, and being main eventing pay-per-views and being at that level. And there aren't many guys that are really on that, you know, on that level. There's also that fear of, again, I mean, you know, Cesaro was at the top of, you know, main event or did he right. main event pay-per-view? Uh, uh, I can't remember, I but he got the world the title match. shot. And mm-hmm. I mean, getting the shot and being used doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're a, a featured player. Right. Um, you know, they're not necessarily the same thing, but again, I mean, I don't know. Any time Adam Cole's had the chance, I think if he gets the chance, he'll knock it out of the park. That's the big hang up. But again, yeah. I, I kind of feel like he's going to stay in, in WWE. I don't know. I just, no. but who knows? Yeah, um, I, I, I disagree, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll bet here. We'll bet here. <laughs> I'm betting the farm, baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> not on, not on, I would never, I, sh- I would never bet against, Raj in a what's going to happen situation. I thought you were going to say you'd never take part in a hair versus hair match. No, I wouldn't do that either. That's I did I it once, and it was a big mistake. Um, well, if he does change, that could impact ratings, obviously. And speaking of ratings, Friday's taped AEW Rampage episode drew 722,000 viewers on TNT, according to Nielsen via Showbiz Daily, Showbuzz Daily. Uh, this is down 36% from last week's Rampage episode, which drew 1.129 million viewers for CM Punk's debut. Uh, I think that's still a great number. I mean, the drop is obvious. Like, that seems normal to me. But uh, um, I think 722,000 is still amazing for that late on a Friday night. Any thoughts from you guys? Yeah, and it did a uh, it did a .34 in the 18-49 to 49 demo. Again, that's thir- down 36% from last week. Everyone knew it was going to be down last week with CM Punk's debut. That was a special episode. It's like you can't c- count, like... You can't count like the Legends Night almost, or you know, some of those yeah. where the numbers are artificially high because they have something big. Uh, you know, the first SmackDown on Fox. Um, yeah, I mean, it was number one on the night for uh, cable. SmackDown was number one on network. I mean, both are these are in the demo, so that's the first time that's ever happened where you had wrestling topping both cable and network on the same night, um, and, and it beat NFL preseason football. And granted, it's preseason. A lot of games were not airing on cable. They were airing, you know, in local affiliates on Fox and and, and uh, other markets like that. But still, you know, to be number one for the night, it's it's a pretty big deal. Now, their numbers were kind of comparable to their debut. So whatever CM Punk kind of brought in didn't really stick for this uh, for this week. It's kind of like they're kind of back to their first number, and I'm guessing. We're going to see it drop a little bit more, probably into the six hundreds, in the, you know, in the next few weeks. Yeah, for a third episode and being on as late as it is, that's a respectable number. It's it's better than I thought it would be. But kind of to what Raj is saying, it's not like it's not like the CM Punk thing. You know, everybody knew. Okay, we saw him on the first debut, but you know, Dynamite's where we're going to see the progression to his first. You know, match like, like it, it's already we're three weeks in, and it's already just pretty hard for AEW to try to like tell us anything other than 
you know, Rampage is this number two show. It's the B show. It's a secondary thing. And you always try to market wise, marketing wise, not fall into that trap. You don't want to fall into how SmackDown was when it came up and it was the number two show, Thunder to Nitro. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's very hard to off the bat try to sell me on this is sell anybody on this is going to be an equal uh, a show status it's just not yeah i mean right off the bat you have one show that's going to be doing 35 30 percent of the rating of dynamite um and it's taped so if you're going to have a big surprise just automatically you're going to want to do it on the live show and i think once you start doing that you can't help but the other show be feeling like a b show tony khan says it won't happen he says he's it's going to be two a shows so we'll see but just inherently, with one show being taped, it's hard to do. I, and I'll be honest, I think it's fine to have a B show. I, I don't think that's the end of the world. But yeah, it's, especially on a Friday, I think the ratings are gonna. It's gonna be trouble because I'll be honest. Like I watched this week's Rampage on. Uh, you know, I recorded it and watched it later. I didn't watch right. it Friday night um, because CM Punk wasn't gonna be on. It. He wasn't returning on it. Uh, and that's I, I, as far as like the sticking goes. I think probably the same amount of people are watching it they're just not watching it live because uh, it doesn't have that must watch feel to it at least i didn't think so um i mean solid show but uh, but you had mentioned smackdown friday's live post SummerSlam edition of smackdown drew an average of 2.25 million viewers on fox according to nielsen via Showbuzz daily the final number is down 21 percent from the overnight viewership that was released on saturday morning which was the average of 2.874 million viewers. This number is up 7% from last week's final SmackDown viewership of 2.102 million viewers. Um, I still think going over 2 million on a Friday night is pretty good, but um, I, I'm not the ratings guy. Uh, is, would you call that a success? This was their best number since uh, they had live fans back, since that first episode with live fans. So, I, and not only that, so the reason why the overnights were so high was because it was counting NFL preseason games in markets where it aired on Fox. And so those got counted for SmackDown. And now this rating takes those out. That's why it's down a lot from the overnights. Usually it's actually up from the overnights, but because of the NFL stuff, it, it, it was way down. But it's their best number they've done in a while. Uh, yeah, I think their second best number since WrestleMania. Um, so and it should have been higher because there are those markets where it didn't air because of the preseason game. So you factor in those viewers, that's probably another hundred thousand. So it's one of their best numbers realistically in a long time. Yeah, this is one I actually looked forward to because I wanted to see what happened. I wanted to see Brock come back and I wanted to see them explain the Becky Lynch situation, which I know a lot of us were uh hung up on. But uh yeah, they never specifically said Brock was going to be there. I know a lot of people are saying that WWE was false advertising last week with Brock. They just teased it in the promo by showing Brock and saying, what's next for the yeah. Beast or, you know, whatever whatever that was. But they didn't actually, they didn't specifically say that Brock was going to be there. Because I think when they whenever Brock is, usually when it's not a surprise, they kind of hit it harder on, on social media and stuff like that. When you have a Brock Lesnar too, I was you can't expect he's going to be there. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it, like you don't want him there every week. He's he's no. more special by not being there all the time. No, and you know he's going to have limited dates and things, so they're only going to use him when it's important. So right. I, I that didn't really surprise me or shock me, but uh, I was actually really the Becky Lynch thing cuz 
I know we had there's after shows already about it, but I didn't sit well with me the whole Becky Lynch Bianca Belair thing, and I wanted to see how it played out. But, yeah. Um, but in the chat we have Jenna Ness saying Raj hair versus hair story. Oh, just story about the hair this hair. was in college. Me and some friends we were having a <laughs> argument on the fastest way to get someplace. <laughs> And so we each jumped in separate cars. We had to go to the speed limit. And anyway, we got lost, of course. Oh. <laughs> well, as, he's telling, as he's telling the story, it just cuts right he's like, off. He's like, and then the best part was... That's... <laughs> what a cliffhanger. Wow. That, anyway. That's, that's, Raj, that's how they should be doing SmackDown. It's just hey, cliffhangers like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I lost the bet, and I had to basically buzz my hair down. So it's Wait, like, it was the fastest way? Of, it wasn't mode of transportation. It was the route to go? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did you actually know the speed limit? We did. We we. Yeah, we couldn't drive. So me and the the guy that we were in, in in the contest, we couldn't drive. We each had our associates who drove. And oh, okay. anyway, it was it was say, terrible. I totally would have sped. I, yeah. <laughs> I wore a, I wore a hat nonstop for two months <laughs> after that. Uh, if I would have guessed that Raj was involved in a hair versus hair stipulation, I would have thought the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't play back then. But. Uh, Joel Wood says it's a good number, but basically they got nobody to stick around from last week. They essentially lost all the CM Punk bump. That that's a concern to me. Well, they they did almost they did similar numbers to their first week, and that first week had a ton of hype. Um, so yeah, again, we'll we'll see. You know, I, I I mentioned this on the Friday night podcast. They need to do something big with Punk, otherwise the novelty is going to wear off. And yeah, if people could say like, yo, down the road, let's see what they do with them. I'm sure they'll do something great with them. But if you want to get those new viewers coming in to stick in and, and stay with the product, you need to do something sooner. The buy number for All Out, this will be the most significant pay-per-view buy number in pro wrestling and I don't know how many years. Obviously, it's become a null and void number for WWE for years, ever since the WWE Network happened but this will truly be that's going to be a true measurement has you know because you know punk comes back on free tv with you know heavy rumored anticipation okay you're setting up and saying his first match back and it's against your homegrown young star let's see if that translates into i mean then this should be far and beyond the best pay-per-view number AEW's ever done this should be i think it will be it, but it, then it's the second and the third where they go from here. Right. I think they do. I I think they should do something with Punk and Omega after after Omega wins, unless Daniel Bryanson, uh, Daniel Bryanson, uh, <laughs> Danielson comes out. But uh, yeah, we'll see. If, if they do get a massive number, do you think the networks for WWE give them a hard time in some way about not signing CM Punk? I think they already are. They already have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I have to imagine it increases at that point. Like, well, again, if if let's let's say the dynamite ratings kind of fall back to where they were, then all of a sudden it's like it it's a short bump, a short term bump. But that was it, and now it's just back to where it was, and didn't really make much of a difference. So we'll have to see um, where it settles, and because if you, if it's just back to where it was in WWE, they they didn't like. Uh, the kind of attitude that Punk had towards the end, then mm-hmm. it works out better for them. 
So Jackson, the chat says, I bet Raj a social media boxing match. I win. I get two months SC money, jokingly. My wife said no because I can barely do the dishes. How about nine-hole golf? Yeah, I could do I could do nine holes. Bet some. <laughs> I'm not betting hair. I'll bet my goatee, maybe. Le- learned your lesson <laughs> the first time. Uh, Raj, you're going to Hollywood square me here. And uh, here, let's, there we go. Well, you know, I, I noticed we keep talking about these uh, these bets and, and hair versus hair and all this other stuff. And it just reminds me that uh, this episode uh, is brought to you with support uh, from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped's offered precision-engineered tools for your family. Jules, Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawn Mower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WINC20 at manscaped.com. So, look, if you guys have hair versus hair matches, you can get creative if you want to (laughs) using Manscaped. Real quick, I got to add, get 20% off and free shipping with the code WINC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code WINC20. Unlock your confidence with the new Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. Uh, Raj, Justin, if you had a hair versus hair match and you lost with this, with the Lawnmower 4.0, it wouldn't be that bad, would it? I have a feeling like I am I am uh, sensing an 18-hole showdown between Raj and I, hair yeah. versus hair, manscape style, Ooh. and this can Ooh. be live streamed on all the wrestling yeah. platforms. <laughs> not, the, 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 the golf, the not golf, the, the, <laughs> golf not the golf. Check out OnlyFans, and you'll <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but but yeah, I mean we've used it, we've talked about it before. It's I I love <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, you guys have had success with it too, right? Yes, been using it for years. Been using it for years. My wife loves it. <laughs> the only thing my wife won't let me do, or as relates to this, is that I I love I love the comfortable T shirts. Of the yeah. manscape, your balls will thank you. She won't let me wear it if we're gonna see any. It, it, it doesn't matter if like the mailman's gonna come to the door. <laughs> right. I can't wear that if we're gonna see anybody else. But she loves the product right. and she loves the end result. Yeah, yeah. They they do have really comfy shirts and uh, and like I said, underwear. The underwear, the underwear is not yeah. bad either. Yeah. yeah. So that it, look, if if you're a little worried about trying out the lawnmower 4.0, I get it. It's scary at first. Try the underwear. Find out you love the product. Again, free shipping worldwide, twenty percent off. Winc two zero at manscaped.com. Do that first. Then you know, stick your toes in the water, and then try getting the big deal after you've learned that it's a good company and they do good stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's uh let's let's uh from the chat uh Ralph the Ace says uh hi guys uh really appreciate the weekly pod random question a friend who rarely watches mentioned do you guys feel theme songs in WWE are not as unique as before he also mentioned no more fireworks casual viewer take um CFO dollar sign had great soundtracks um now it does feel a little bit like uh like a hit and miss on some of them. How do you guys feel about them? 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the last really good theme was, and I think they're all CFO. Um, Mashies is good, I guess. Um, yeah, it's eh. it's good. It's really good, but it's generic, right? right? Um, I really like. I think uh, Bronson Reed, his was post CFO, and I really like that one. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. You know, when they when they let go of the legendary Jim Johnson, we're all like, mm-hmm. "Oh, what are you doing? Oh, it's because CFO's coming in and they're they're taking over the reins." And then now that they got now that things went south with CFO, now it's like, "Give us CFO." You know, the things went south with CFO, so you know we don't get the awesome Adam Cole undisputed entrance music, which right. is just so fitting. Or yes. Alistair Black before he left, they switched off of his. Um, I think CFO did Matt Riddle's, which I still use, and that's really fitting to Riddle's bro. You know. You know, stoner yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, there's there's nothing right now that stands out in what they got going on. Yeah. There. Oh, I will say, uh, Cameron Grimes on NXT, his uh, "To the Moon" song is really catchy. Um, Who did that though? Do we? Is that the? I, I don't think, know if that's the, the oh, group that's doing it now. No, hmm. it's it's um, he's a guy, and he's I an had, independent artist. He was with them for a little bit, and I'm killing myself for not remember. It's like Josiah. Um, uh, Josiah Williams. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think. I think him. He's at least the one. I think rapping on it. Okay. Um, so I don't. I don't know how much he had in it uh, to do with it, but I know. I think. I think he's the one rapping on it. Uh, but yeah, CFO. Like, theirs were all good. Like every song that came out, you're like, man, this is a good song. Like, I. I, I have so many songs on my workout playlist from CFO. So I'm. I'm a. <laughs> total fan of theirs but yeah and it's, and it's interesting too you look at like aew doing the different dynamic of they're going the route of investing in taking mainstream music i mean obviously punk's always you know with living color in living color but um you know jungle Cassidy, boy, jungle boy yeah. Uh, yeah. moxley like they're really like which is funny because jim johnson you know again legend for all the famous WWE themes he is very anti using mainstream music he's like you already have a preconceived memory or thought to this you know you it's either that's the song you made out with your first girlfriend or that's the song where you have like tragedy associated life so like attaching those to these characters on tv like totally you know like so it's it's really funny that again just the opposition of of philosophies that AEW is doing uh they're you know kind of fully investing and paying for the rights to you know attach these these songs to these characters yeah yeah, I'm a big CFO fan. I hope they get them back. Uh, or hopefully well, I think these they guys broke up. Uh, oh, is that it? That's too yeah. bad. That's too bad. But uh, I'm sure the whoever's doing it now will catch on eventually. As Justin said, we we were all clutching our pearls when Jim Johnson left and CFO became great. I'm sure eventually they'll get there at some point. But let's talk about Raw. Let's talk about the show. Oh, shit. We still got to do that. We got to do that. Uh <laughs> You know, I I unapologetically loved this episode. I thought it was great. It was all new. It wasn't a bunch of rematches. It was a bunch of new stuff. I thought the matches were great. I'm just going to start from the beginning. Damian Priest comes out, takes shot at, shots at Lashley, uh, talks about how, uh, you know, um, he, he talks about open challenges and who's had the title before. By the way, John Cena's name by far got the biggest pop from everyone. But Sheamus comes out. McIntyre comes out uh rk bro comes out everyone's coming out and we have everybody all vying for open challenges uh justin we'll start with you seems like anarchy to start the show how did you like this opening start of the night i was actually a big fan of the start um 
I, I like that. I mean, so often we you know, we can just say that the intercontinental U.S. titles have just become yeah, you know, they're, they're just you know meaningless mid card titles. But uh, the Open Challenge, obviously, John Cena set a great precedent. The Open Challenge is usually done is usually a good thing, and done this way where you have all guys who have been involved in the top world title picture or also the world champion at Lashley. That really does a lot. That says a lot. I knew this. I knew that Damian Priest was not going to lose this title tonight, but just having this many, you know, this many interruptions of people, you know, even Lashley saying, oh, "I want a second title," it, that makes the title that that makes a U.S. title that much more valuable, and it's just you know easy for especially for a casual fan, just good perception. So this was a good start. I, I really I can't find too many holes in this. Yeah. I thought it was a little convoluted, but um, but by the time they got to where they went for the rest of the night, yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. It was different. Uh, I thought just in general the show tonight they didn't do a bunch of rematches from you know last week and the week before. So yeah, I thought it was. I, I did groan a little when Sheamus first came out for Priest, just because we just saw that match and you know you want something new and fresh, but. You know, by by putting Drew McIntyre, I would have preferred if it was just uh, Damian Priest versus Drew McIntyre, but who cares? That match ended up being awesome. So yeah, um, yeah, it was it was it was a good uh, good opener. A few uh, a few notes I took during this is uh, Goldberg chants. We can complain about Goldberg coming back all we want, but those people still started chanting Goldberg. Uh, also, I thought it was funny. Drew McIntyre made fun of uh, seeing Lashley or seeing Damian Priest versus Sheamus for the five hundredth. 500th time right when i think they've only had one match and mcintyre's like the king of repeated matches right well so, no they've, they've had a few priest and sheamus and i did notice too jack you're right i was like all right goldberg's still getting some love and then i was like wait where are they they're in oklahoma city he's from oklahoma originally actually oh okay Man, but he still get he still gets chance you know yeah uh but uh also as he's started doing for me, Matt Riddle just stole this thing where he was like, we have an open challenge for you two. And he's like, and Randy Orton says, that's not how open challenges work. And like, no, 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 no. We want the, <laughs> we want the match. <laughs> I, I thought that was a fun way. And, and, and you're right. It was convoluted. I felt like they smoothed everything out though. And they got the show planned out of it. The one thing I thought was weird and it'll take us to the next segment is, and, and Raj, I think you mentioned this on Twitter. It's always kind of weird when the next person comes out for their segment, but everyone else is still in the ring. Right, like uh, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, it felt it felt weird her coming out while everyone else is still sort of finishing their com- conversation, and she doesn't acknowledge them, and they have to sort of quietly walk. Yeah, back. just an awkward. You know, like, all right, time to go. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed very weird, but uh, it it gets us to the next match: Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, it seems like Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley are a team, and. Uh, Ripley gets the win, and uh, even though there was a distraction outside and uh, kind of a, a roll-up reversal gets the win, and I don't know why Baszler keeps taking pins, but uh, she takes another pin, and I guess this is just building that teamwork between Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley. Uh, Raj, how do you feel about their pairing and, and this win? Um, well, they definitely don't make Nikki A.S.H. look strong. She got destroyed outside the ring. Uh, she's pretty much gets destroyed every week. Yeah. Um, I don't 
know. I, I I don't actually like it. I think Rhea Ripley, just her character just seems like a loner to me. Like she shouldn't be paired with someone dressed like a superhero with her look. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I, I just, just feels like it doesn't fit. Her song is, this is my brutality. And she comes out looking <laughs> like, you know, she's going to, you know, murder someone. And she's friends with someone dressed like a superhero. Just doesn't, doesn't fit to me. <laughs> It sounds like Justin Labar and Jack Farmer's relationship. <laughs> it brings the brutality and I'm almost a superhero. Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like they're kind of like the Island of Misfit Toys. They're sort of these two people that I, I don't want to see them go for the, the women's title again. But at the same time, I don't know. Gives them I, something. I mean, I like, I don't know. I like Nikki herself. I like, you know, I want to, I want to see all of them succeed. I couldn't care less about any of this. Rhea, like Rosh said, Rhea with Nikki makes no sense. It doesn't fit. Shayna, you know, you know about how Shayna, like Shayna Baszler, you know, they they try. Or, or they, you know, there was a, oh, you know, she's got an MMA background and coming in. There, there's no belief in her, and they and they and they've shown that. There, she, she's there's 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 nothing about her. She is as as good as done. There's just nothing. There's nothing special in their presentation or care about Shayna Baszler. She's she's not she's not the uh tough act that they maybe maybe NXT had in mind for her when she came into NXT. And the fact that she hasn't won a singles match since February, you know, it's hard to promote her as this legit badass when she hasn't won a match in, you know, 6 months. It's it's tough. I know you can I, I mean, you can say this about a lot of people, but she was so great on NXT. She was such a great champion on NXT, and to see her not get I, wins. I, honestly, and look, I, and I, I have a lot of respect for Shayna and, and, and her actual accomplishments, again, MMA and the transition. I just think she's just very one-dimensional. What She's not going to talk. She, she's never came off as though she's going to talk me into the building. You know, mouthpiece in, she's got the, the tough girl look, but I don't know, there's just, it just she seems very one dimensional. Okay, so she's she shoot as a submission specialist. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I get your, I see your point. Cheed Black in the chat says Raj, no whiskey tonight. No, not tonight. Not on a Monday. <laughs> it was a good episode of Raw. That's why. <laughs> uh, and Royal React says I haven't watched Raw since 2018 and on YouTube. Yeah. Well, thanks for watching. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, about to say I'm kind of amazed you're watching this. <laughs> you would be surprised how many people uh, don't watch Raw that watch our the after show. Yeah. Well, it's just as good, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, well, we we later in the night, or I guess next up, we got Viking Raiders versus uh, Veer and and Jinder, um, and uh, it looks like Viking Raiders are back to not being jokes anymore. At least not being the they're they're vikings but they're not being the silly anymore uh i can't believe i said that but <laughs> they didn't have a turkey leg if they're very serious vikings now uh, I, th- I thought both uh both teams i thought looked good they both look pretty strong uh viking raiders get a clean win here but i i also wanted to add it and and um justin we'll start with you i thought i think veer's great i think he they've got something with him am i crazy there I mean, I don't know. I it's hard to judge the, the, the whole gender stuff. I, I don't know. The, the, no favors have been done. We talked about it a couple weeks ago when they had the other one of the 
what's the other one? Shanky. Shanky. Yeah. The the taller one, and I was yeah. like, you know, here's a guy who's like legit seven foot, and they were like, he was, his, his he was on the mat, you know, half the match. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's much. Unfortunately, I don't think there's much care or, you know, preservation going on with Ginger and his two younger guys. It is what it is. Viking Raiders. I mean, they're both. That, that's a good tag. They had a lot of success prior to WWE. I'd mm-hmm. like to see something happen here, but. Um, I, I think they're always just one bad creative meeting and blow up away from them back to eating turkey legs or something. So, yeah, it just feels like they they just come and go. Um, I, I, I thought I thought it was interesting that Gender took the pin here and not mm-hmm. Veer. And I to me, I, I don't think that means they're bearing Gender. I think more it means like they're protecting Veer. I, has Veer been pinned yet? I don't think he has. Not on TV. Yeah. Didn't, I think Shanky... Uh, Drew, didn't got, Drew beat him in something? I thought he pinned Shanky. Maybe. It was a handicap yeah. match, and I think he pinned Shanky to win that. Oh. I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, it does seem like they're protecting Veer a little bit. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of adjusted. With the Viking Raiders, I you know, I thought they were awesome in NXT. Um, they were War Machine. Or, or what, what were they after that? The uh, War Raiders. War Raiders. War Raiders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ever since they've been on the main roster, they got they got watered down from the beginning. It was it's been hard to get back into them since. When they were playing basketball, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, they had no, some of the were, worst. When they're they playing horse, it's like all right, well, yeah, they had some of the worst cinematic segments uh, last year. So yeah, I, well, hopefully yeah. they get back to winning. Um, like I said, I don't know, Veer. I just think he has got like a cool look. Like I could see as a kid being like, I like the face paint. I like the he looks he looks cool i and he was throwing some pretty big dudes around viking raiders i, I don't know i hope the best for him but you're right i they're they're not out of the woods yet they, they could still end up back bowling anytime but let's hope for the best uh speaking of hoping for the best something that i think as we mentioned a little bit earlier that did turn out for the best the u.s title three-way match uh, Damian Priest, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. I thought this one was really fun. A lot of back and forth, hard hitting. And uh, something that happened quite a bit tonight, uh, Priest got a clean win. And not only a clean win, but he pinned Drew McIntyre, of all people. And that really shocked me. Uh, Raj, this one, uh, I think I think Damian Priest is looking every bit the star we were hoping he would be. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, they really are going all out with him. Um, you know, having him rub shoulders with Bobby Lashley, who's the champ, and, and then giving him this clean win over Drew. Um, you know, again, I would have liked to have seen it be a singles match. I think it just means a little more. But uh, the match itself was great. This was originally, up until this morning, they were advertising Sheamus versus Bobby Lashley for tonight's show. And inexplicably changed it at the last, you know, just hours before the show went on the air. Apparently there's... It was chaotic at at Raw today, but um, yeah, the the match itself was was awesome. It was really good. Yeah, this was the best match of the night by far. I mean, this uh, you know, this had you know main event of pay per view kind of quality action. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this was great. Uh, yeah, there was a spot I, I want to shout the spot out. Um, it was Drew is in the Tree of Woe type situation. He managed to lift himself up in German suplex. Sheamus, who simultaneously is front su- is suplexing, you know, uh, Priest from the top rope. Uh, just an insane looking feat of strength by all guys, you know, especially um, uh, especially Drew. 
mm-hmm. timing is critical. I mean, if anybody's off on that, that could that could crash and burn badly. Uh, and then the the this finishing sequence into getting Sheamus out of the ring, and then what reverses into Priest's finisher, the the reckoning, uh, just beautiful. So I mean, this was yeah. this was that, and yeah, Damian Priest. And all the talk there is right now about I mean, what's NXT's future, what, you know, what, the use of NXT guys and carrying cross. Damian Priest, man, he, you know, he, 2021, it's come in, Rumble, inserted in a, a mainstream marquee storyline and match at Mania with Bad Bunny. Um, after that's been favorably and pretty consistent by WWE standards booked. He, he's, it seems like it's all there. You know, it's yeah. it's almost like it's 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 working so well. It's like you're just kind of waiting for you're waiting for something to happen. Right, you're w- waiting for that week where all of a sudden he just inexplicably starts losing every week. All of a sudden, yeah. you're waiting for him to go bowling with the Viking Raiders. Yeah, right. yeah. I was gonna say eat a turkey leg, but yeah, the bowling. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, but, but this was this was this was the best. Yeah, I agree, the best match of the night. Yeah, I see him. I mean, a lot of people feel. Like, I feel like a lot of people elevated tonight. Um, in, in my opinion, but King Ray on the chat says, why no APA type gimmick? I can see Shea, Viking Raiders, T-Bar, Mace, and similar type role. To me, that gimmick can still be used in today's wrestling. I've actually always thought that too. Like, it, I mean, whoever it is, it's, I feel like that's such a universal thing to like, do. Like a protection. Yeah. Guns, like, gun for hire guys. Right. Well, T-Bar and Mace are such a joke. I, they have such lack of credibility because of their origin of, of retribution. But, I mean, yeah, the Viking Raiders, You, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could try to Viking protection. I don't know. <laughs> Viking protection. Yeah. Though, to be fair, Viking protection sounds silly, but the Acolyte Protection Agency also <laughs> sounded silly at, at one point, too. Yeah. Uh, so, who knows? Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez says... Priest will be world champ by this time next year if he's continuing to be booked this way. This is the fellow New Yorker and Puerto Rican in me being super hopeful for him. I mean, yeah, it seems that way. I mean, that's what goes well. I mean, he, he is bilingual. You know, again, he's got a great look. He's not the youngest pup uh, of the litter, you know. But then again, you know, 40 is a new 30. You know, guys take better care of themselves these days. Um, I got to work with him as Punishment Martinez for a little bit years before he joined uh WWE, he takes good care of himself he's super over in the locker room like he's one of those guys like if you don't li- like if you're in the business and you don't like him it's probably something wrong with you you, you mm-hmm. probably did something to screw up <laughs> uh, yeah so i mean all those things said i i mean i don't know if i Stella just lopez i don't want to i don't want to jinx it but it does seem like he's on that traditional path, that path we all grew up with and then oh no raj didn't grow up with it but we all we all remember it in the 90s you know, when you like, if you're the mid card champion, you're on the 18 month timeline to be world champion. Um, yeah, it seems yeah, like they, that's they being did that in the 80s too. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, so, right, so Ross grew up with it in the 80s. He <laughs> it in the 80s. Um, <laughs> but that's that's kind of what I feel like we're getting back. Actually, to. the 90s is kind of where they stopped doing that. That's when they. Yeah, no, but, they went through to like 96. Yeah, exactly. Late late 90s is kind of when they was, just started. Austin was the last one. Won the IRC title. He was on the path for the world title. I think Rock too. Rock Triple H, and then it kind of then it, it was just changing. Then it was just so, changing. All right, all so the into ninety eight. In ninety eight, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then it got to when uh, John Cena had the title. Then it was reversed. It was like you had to be a former champion. Now, just, right? But, yeah. um, that, that, no, that is that is what it is now. You 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 only matter as the as the as the mid card champion if you're the if, if you've won the world title so many times that you're like. Oh, what's left on my checklist? <laughs> right. I want to be a Grand Slam champion. That's the one I haven't gotten yet. 
Uh, I will say real quick, I want to say uh, Priest did seem to get the biggest reaction in that match. And with uh, Drew McIntyre in there, that's saying something. Um, and we also saw Goldberg after this, who's getting knee surgery. Uh, says he's coming for Bobby Lashley's soul. So we've got uh, Mortal Kombat going on in uh, wrestling. Um, we knew he'd be back the way the SummerSlam match ended. Any just quick thoughts on uh, old Goldberg coming back? Potentially down the road. I like how they, they, they shot it wherever Goldberg lives, it seems like. They they purposely did not show any WWE talent on, like no WWE backstage interviewer, nothing. Like it was literally just a voice behind a camera. I can literally see like somebody from the talent department calling Goldberg saying, do you have a buddy who has like a cell phone who can just like film you <laughs> outside the gym? That's exactly what this looked like. Yeah. But I, but you know what? I also kind of liked it because of that. It didn't feel as scripted. It didn't feel as overproduced. It felt more real because it, it had that helmet. You mean you're happy you didn't see Sarah Schreiber on location <laughs> reporting from wherever Goldberg lives? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> but I, So, you know what? I think I might have mixed it up earlier when I said Lesnar and Reigns is at Crown Jewel. It probably is. But it's uh, Lashley and Goldberg is at Crown Jewel. All right. That makes sense, too. Yeah. Um, I love Goldberg, always have, always will. So I say this with nothing but love in my heart. Need some new sunglasses, Goldberg. Need to, <laughs> need to, need to up that sunglasses. That's what you game. took away from this. That's that's <laughs> what I took away. I was like, Goldberg, you, you need you need what, what, new sunglasses. What was the sunglasses? They were just like these little circles on his eyes, and I don't know. They just I, I just I wasn't I have feeling to double them. check it. Maybe <laughs> just, send him some of my Maui gyms. Yeah, something cool. I don't know. I they just weren't for me. Maybe maybe everyone else likes them. I was just thinking, ah, these these aren't for me. Uh, uh, real quick, Jax Collins is asking if uh, do you feel Sasha is having creative differences again, like we saw before, and that's why all this stuff. I can guarantee you that's not what it is. It, she is not cleared. It's a medical thing, hmm. but she should be back soon. Yeah, and then uh, Baby Maharaja says, when Jinder was on TV, I knocked over my baby brother to see what was happening and grabbed the remote. So disappointed they had him take steps back. He's kind of one of those guys. I think a lot of people, I don't know, one of those guys, we see things in him, but it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they have real plans for him right now. Um, But that... Someone who apparently has plans is Reggie, who is still jumping around in different uh, parks around the country. Uh, I, I want to ask you guys. I think these are fun. I like Reggie, but I think I'm ready for some in-arena stuff. I, I was thinking I want to see Reggie versus Morrison and them do parkour stuff all over the ring. Uh, Raj, I know you were on board with Reggie. Are, are these pre-tapes starting to wear on you, or are you still in it? Yeah, this felt old this week for sure. Um, Reggie at, in a, in the middle of a park telling a story. It, it, it was it was funny for the first couple of weeks, but now it's it's gotten way too redundant. Yeah, and that's the story of WWE's comedy writing. Right, they <laughs> yes. found it once, <laughs> right, and they told it a thousand times. Remember, <laughs> like when they tried doing with the the my whole thing with Nia Jax. Yeah, <laughs> just like so they yeah. run it to the ground. <laughs> It's like that person you know that tells the same stories every time you see them, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know about the damn time, right? I know about this. <laughs> it's uh, like when you watch. It's like when you watch. I think you guys remember uh, Wayne's World too, at all? Yeah, they're trying, on, they're trying to put on Wayne stock. 
and they got the one old roadie who just constantly keeps telling the same stories about and Ozzy wanted a brandy glass of green M&Ms or he wouldn't go on stage. And then like, he just keeps telling the same story and you catch the story at different parts. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope we get him in ring soon. But someone who got in ring, Eva Marie to take on Dewdrop. Uh, Dewdrop gets the early advantage before things uh, kick off. Mock pins her, but Eva says she's now unable to compete. Dewdrop announces herself the winner. I get what she was doing here, but I felt like Dewdrop came off like kind of a jerk in this situation. Justin, uh, was she a jerk or was were we cheering along with her for kind of giving Eva Marie a taste of her own medicine? No, I get what you're saying. This wasn't uh, executed the best way. And this, I don't know. I don't. I can't put a fault on this, but yeah. like, it wasn't until commentary said something that was when Dewdrop pins her. A commentary is noting this match hasn't even started, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it hasn't." Like it, it just wasn't made. Like she, had, she, uh, Eva was facing the corner, facing the the crowd in the corner, and Dewdrop attacks her from behind, and which that's fine. Even though Dewdrop's the babyface, she has this pent up rage, and she's been used and abused. So like, it's okay to attack her from behind. I can buy that. But yeah, they it, it was just executed poorly. Of like, yeah, this is before the match. Technically, the bell has not rang, so this doesn't count. I I gotta believe. If I was as thrown as I was watching at home, having the volume on high, I can only imagine what the Oklahoma City crowd there live was probably like when she did pin them. They're probably all like, why is the ref not counting? They, they, the average fan probably didn't notice that the bell had not rung. So on paper, I, I, I get what they're going for, but this was executed bad. Yeah, and it seemed like they did this just so they could come back to it again. And so, yeah. you know, Um but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this Dewdrop character is kind of dead in the water. Um, and I like Piper Niven. I just feel like this the gimmick sucks, the name sucks. And in this story, they just they just executed it so fast. I mentioned it you know, a couple of weeks ago. From her discovering her to her debut to the dissension was all done in, in like seven weeks. And so it's hard to like feel like this is a big, uh, you know, a blood feud between these two when it was so short. Yeah, I didn't feel like the anger really peaked up that much either. I mean, I know she was, I know she was, Eva Marie was mean to Dewdrop, but I don't know if it was so mean that she's going to attack her from behind in, in rage. It just seemed like, no, I don't need you. I'm going to prove I'm better than you. But right. again, I don't think it's the end of the world. I just think that, eh, just, I think Justin hit the nail on the head. It just didn't feel like it was executed right. Something else that wasn't executed right is carrying cross his outfit as he comes out. He's apparently just he's a gladiator. They're just owning up this. He's going to be a gladiator. Has a match with Humberto Carrillo. I in my notes I wrote I, this wasn't a five star match. I don't think it's a match we're going to talk about in ten years or anything. But this is kind of good for carrying cross, right? He he beats someone. It's a dominant win. Doesn't beat someone who's in the middle of a story. It's a new matchup. It kind of checks all the boxes for building up a dominant person, doesn't it? if they kind of did this from the beginning, but I think since they botched him from the beginning, I mean, just listen to the audience. They did not care. Um, yeah. There was just silence in that arena. And he's trying. The The outfit gets goofier and goofier. It's kind of hard to take seriously. It's hard to take someone destroying someone else wearing that seriously. You know what? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if Lesnar was wearing that, it would just look ridiculous. It would just take away all the... All the violence, I guess, from it, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I they botched him. I I feel like 
just change it back to how he was in NXT. I don't know what's uh, going on with Scarlett right now, but um, get him back to his old outfit, the old entrance, and and don't try to fix something that wasn't broken. Yeah, because the the thing with the outfit too is it, it doesn't look like it's like it looks cheap to me. I don't. It doesn't even look like it was a well made thing. It looks like something thrown together. Uh, and Justin, we're talking about Karrion uh, Cross and his. Uh, his his match today, his dominant win. Now there was rumors circulating on the internet that uh, that the idea was maybe for him to lose for a long time, and then Scarlet shows up and puts him back on track. But now that he's winning, that can't be the situation with that. Yeah, I'd heard I'd heard that same rumor, and then I think what uh, put a, a a wrinkle on that was Jeff Hardy getting COVID. So I think it was going to be he lost Jeff first. I think it was going to be him losing for a few weeks to Jeff, and then that happens. And then they pivot, and then he he has a match with Keith Lee, and Keith Lee's got a whole other story of what's going on. Yeah, I don't. This is it is so aggravating that like he's getting no reaction from the crowd, but I I don't blame the crowd. Like right. he's he's be, he's the way he's being presented. It's like you know I laughed at, at the commentary. He he makes his entrance, and then they go, and he's looking for an you know he, he, they they list in the sidebar who he's beat. He's looking for a, a new fresh a, a new fresh victim tonight, and tonight he's got an experienced opponent in. And they show the graphic, Humberto Carrillo. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> but, uh, who is who is Humberto Carrillo beat? Like it was just, it, and then and then like Cross, it takes him more than five minutes to beat Carrillo. He must have gone for a record amount of near falls. He pinned Carrillo after every damn every damn uh, spot, which is weird. Um, nothing about this makes sense. Carrying cross is like that in baseball. That I don't know if you guys are baseball guys. They call it the five tool. You know, the, mm-hmm. he's a five tool player. You know, he's like he's got that. Especially his look, his eyes tell a crazy story. So what do we do? Let's put a mask on him during the entrance. Let's take that away right. from him. You know, I I don't the 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 you know, and, and somebody somebody tweeted to me because I said something similar. Somebody tweeted to me like. Oh well, you know, obviously, you know, the, obviously fans are at least familiar with NXT because they 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 like Priest. And it's like, no, Damian Priest, as I said earlier, was immediately thrusted into importance by you know cr- crossover and booked favorably by WWE standards. This is so weird with how Karrion Cross is being treated, and you're changing his look up, and it, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like they are again squandering um, a major major talent for them. Or what could be a major talent for them? They're squandering this. Yeah, yeah and then his straps that he has on—they um, they like don't fit. They're like too loose. I just he, the whole presentation just kind of sucks right now. It's like something from the the early, the, like the mid '90s when they were doing a bunch of gimmicks, like the the Salvatore Sincere and and he, all those. It, his it looks ring like gear, from there. his ring gear looks like some kind of recycled Bastion Booger. And if I have to say Bastion Booger on a wrestling podcast, you know it ain't good. No. It's, uh, yeah, I was thinking, because they don't, hey, Raj, you, you hit the nail on that too. It's, they don't fit. Like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like they fit and they, they just look silly. It's like, they, they literally look like, hey, these were supposed to be for Lars Sullivan, but since he's not here anymore, how about we give them to you? And they, <laughs> no, what do you want to bet? We're going to find out in a shoot interview in a couple years from now that what Cross is wearing, oh, that was going to be what Aleister Black was going to be wearing next, <laughs> you know, or something like, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be hilarious. But 
eh, you got the win. So, I mean, we'll chalk that up as a good thing. Uh, so someone else, actually, before we go on, I do want to say Stella Justin Lopez in the chat. Uh, the commentary team has called Cross a gladiator about five times. Pretty sure Vince told him to emphasize he's a gladiator, damn it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It, damn I it, mean, he's a gladiator. I mean, <laughs> this clearly. is the Coliseum of the WWE Universe. So then, is it possible once Scarlett comes back, she's going to start doing the whole like thumbs down thing to people? Who knows? And then he does the, the gladiator bit. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen Gladiator in a long time. Oh, it's a good one. You it, it is out. good. No, I've seen it. I've seen it. I saw it quite a few times when it first came out. Yeah. Did, did you see that interview where Big Show said, or Paul White said, that he lost out on being in Gladiator because Vince, on the early days, didn't want him in movies? Yeah. Really? I didn't I didn't see that. That would have been... That, been, like, that seems like anti... I see, you'd think he'd want him in movies, but... Well, that that's what Paul said. Like, is that this is before Vince got... Like, now Vince is like, get you know get every star he can in a movie but this is before you know he he like he's this quote paul's quote of vince was like i pay you to be a wrestler not in movies yeah i like, mean that's that's kind of been the mentality for for wrestlers for a long time it's like the promoters don't want them doing movies uh vince senior uh had a big falling out with hulk hogan for doing the rocky three movie that's kind of <laughs> why he went to awa and everything Paul White was like, come on, I got to capitalize on the success of the water boy. I'm a star. Come on. And jingle all the way. <laughs> I'm going to deck your halls, bub. <laughs> he could have been the next big thing in Hollywood. Uh, we, well, speaking of the next big thing, we have Nia Jax versus Charlotte Flair. This one, this one I'm sure has some commentary from you guys, but uh, a hard-hitting matchup and – I was shocked a clean, strong win for Nia Jax. I know it's not good for the champ to get pinned, but I was really shocked by this, that it was, again, tonight, a lot of clean wins throughout the night. Uh, Justin, let's start with you. These two slugged it out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this, uh, to, to steal from Jim Ross, this got bowling shoe ugly quick. Mm-hmm. They They quickly went off the rails. Um, I mean, Nia dropped Charlotte just horrendously on on a back suplex, and then like there got to a point to where there was like a breakdown of like stiff slaps and punches to each other. It, it was like that. It was like what you see if you're if you if you if you're an NFL football fan and you see like a wide receiver and a DB they get into those faces, and nobody wants to be the first one to throw the punch because you know that you're then going to be like you know flagged or reprimanded potentially and and they kept qu- quickly getting the jab in wanting to see who's going to be the next one to elevate it and then and then it was like Charlotte hit the ropes and then she ran but she stopped cuz she realized like Nia wasn't going to like lift like there I don't know again who knows what the story is here but this just got really ugly got really real it's, I mean voyeuristically this was captivating cuz I'm watching this I even I, even, I think Morrison and uh, oh Omas was next. I even yeah. rewound on my DVR back. So I'm like, I got to see this again. And I'm just watching. And I'm trying to watch for. I'm trying to watch for reading the lips. I'm trying to watch the rep to see if he's trying to intervene. I'm trying to see if he's holding his IFB to see if the the back's telling him to get this crap. Yeah. I'm just watching for any nuggets I can. And I and and it was just like so, something is 
there's more to this that there is. But yeah, I mean, to the point of what it is, Nia won clean, and I'm just like, that was not at all on my prediction sheet for tonight. Yeah, it looks like they dropped the Alexa Bliss Charlotte storyline that they started last week. <clears throat> and so it looks like Nia's next because, I mean, you don't beat the champion for no reason. So, um, yeah, it looks like Alexa's – I mean, there was no hint of Alexa on tonight's show. Raj, can I pose a question to you? Sure. Uh, is there? Is it all? Is it coincidence? Coincidence uh, of this booking days after Ric Flair's on NWA. So, what do you mean? Like, I'm just asking you. I'm just like, like, is it favorable booking? Because I think this is probably favorable to not have to do, do the Alexa Bliss Magic Show stuff. Well, I, well. <laughs> Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Anti-hocus pocus here. Well, I, never mind the Alexa. I was asking you. <laughs> Obviously, the decision was – I mean, I don't think anybody in the office told Nia to go shoot, punch Charlotte. But obviously, the decision on the booking sheet was, Nia, you're going to win clean against Charlotte. I mean, even though Rick's NWA promo, he, like, puts over Vince. He puts right. over Triple H. I mean, he, he was very, you know, positive yeah. about WWE. It was just he was on NWA. I mean, I don't know. I just is, am I drawing too much to this, or is this? I I just think that this was probably the plan because this is how they start all the feuds. Is like the champions beat, and then you know they they face each other a bunch of times, and then they go you know face each other at the pay per view. So I would be almost surprised if Vince even really knows about the NWA pay per view. Which is funny because Rick said in his promo, I know Vince is not going to watch this, but he'll hear about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, I did, so just real quick, because I didn't rewatch it, Justin. Did it, did it start to break down after that? I guess it was like a backdrop uh, on Charlotte. Was that when it, when it really started to break down? Yeah. Not, Naya backdropped her, and, and, yeah. and Charlotte landed, you know, really awkwardly. And then they were back on. They're back on the feet, and there's just a, a weird exchange of, of very real smack yeah. talk. And then some a couple straight what goes from slaps to punches. And then, like I said, Charlotte tries to hit the ropes and get back in the match and post herself up for like a in the fireman's carry position for Nia to hold her up. And that it, it just got there's like a, a 90 second sequence of like just awkwardness. Yeah. Uh, so if you recorded Raw, go back and find it. it it's, it's, <laughs> It's just, there's yeah. just obviously things just got weird. Because <laughs> yeah, I noticed I noticed the backdrop, and I noticed it went down after. But I didn't know if like that had led to something before that that I just wasn't paying attention to or didn't notice at that. But yeah, that didn't. That looked <laughs> that wasn't good. Um, and then because, Naya, and then Naya, when she hits this like Farouk Ron Simmons, that uh, yeah, when she hits this, I mean, I mean she. Charlotte land. I mean, it, 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 there was, yeah. there was, there's more, there's more to this match than we know right now. Nia's yeah, not someone up. I'd want to mess with, you know, like, uh, she can probably kick some ass in real life. So yeah. I'd stay on her good side. <laughs> I'll never forget being here in Pittsburgh before any, before the world knew who Britt Baker was. And, you know, we here in Pittsburgh knew who she was. Britt was the first TV match for Nia Jax on raw. Britt was, it was, it was on raw and, and, Nia busted her open. Britt had a bloody nose, and I remember, like after the show, going, "Well, that was a hell of a, of a debut for you." Speaking to Britt, I mean, like Nia has just kind of had that, you know, rightly or wrongly, has had that, um, that that reputation of just she's 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 a 
physical, aggressive performer. She's not like most girls. That's what she tells us. She's not like most girls. <laughs> uh, so we get to uh, let's let's talk about the next match. Uh, yeah, uh, Morrison picks a fight with Omos because he wants to be the bigger man, and uh, it seems like a bit of a stretch to get to the match, but whatever, I'll, I'll accept it. And uh, so they have a match, and I thought this actually went exactly how it should go. Morrison does some cool parkour stuff to try to get away, but eventually Omos still looks big, powerful, and gets the win. Uh, but we don't get Miz, which I know a lot of people seem frustrated because we were advertised Miz versus Morrison and we didn't get it. Um, Raj, any thoughts on this match and any thoughts on them changing the match at the last minute? I'm sure the change was due to necessity. Um, I don't think it was a creative decision. Um, I think Morrison just turned babyface last week. This is his first match as a babyface in years. He should have gotten... I'm not saying he should have beaten Omos. I think he should have beaten someone like a Drew Gulak or or some Mace, T-Bar, whoever. But I, I feel like he should have gotten a win here in his first first week as a babyface and in a feud with The Miz. Yeah, and this was uh, this was another one that had some miscues. You know, Morrison's trying to jump over the steps and... Uh, I right. mean, it just it, it didn't it wasn't real clean. I mean, Omos looked the way he needs to look, but yeah, to Raj's point, this is um, you know, if you're John Morrison, you'd be told, okay, we're gonna split you from the Miz, and you're gonna be the babyface. You know, maybe you're excited. Maybe hey, maybe I got one more like solid singles running me, uh, <laughs> and then this is your first week. You're 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 dealt out as as singles babyface fodder, right? Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, this was this was another one that was really ugly. This match was was pretty ugly. The last couple minutes were just were they were not on the same page at all. But but not by the fault of the youngster, not by the fault of Omos. This this just seemed like it just gen. I mean, like it didn't seem like it was his fault that this was. Yeah, I think there were one or two spots where he wasn't in the right position. But yeah, Morrison looked like he messed up a a couple times. Yeah, I don't know. I think I get what you're saying. I don't think Morrison's hurt by this loss because I mean he he. He ran into Omos. I mean, come on. He's going to get squashed. But I get what you're saying, too. Maybe give him someone he could have gotten a win with. But this does give Omos another big win on his record as well. I'm wondering, how far does Omos go before he gets pinned? Like, could he go all the way to the title without getting pinned? Well, I mean, you could certainly buy him through the remainder of the calendar. You're not getting pinned, and then you put him in Rumble. You do the old-fashioned spot of it takes 10 guys to get him out of the damn Rumble. Um, I mean, yeah, you could conceivably go to him at Mania until he's finally pinned it. If he's pinned at Mania, I mean, it, it, it's it could be done. It's sure, yeah. it's absolutely good. Yeah, he's one of those guys. There's no reason to beat him right now or anytime soon. So, you know, let him have his run. I mean, you know, until it's time to get in a feud with like a Brock Lesnar or someone like that. Omos versus Brock. Yeah, I can Ooh. see that happening. That, um, I, that'd be fun. Uh, we got Xavier Woods versus AJ Styles after this, and I like both these guys. I thought the match was cool, but it did feel a little bit like they got shoved in there. Is that just me? Like it felt like they were kind of low on time, and it was like, oh, they're doing another match before the main event. Did, did you guys get that and the main event you? suffered? The main event was they were hustling in the final ninety seconds to get to the finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it did feel like. Uh... It's kind of random. Yeah, I, I agree that that same reaction. Like, oh, really? They're now they're having a match, um, but yeah, you know, this was 
You know, again, like I, I mentioned earlier, I mean, you know, uh, AJ Styles has faced Xavier Woods before, Charlotte Flair has faced Nia Jax before, but not not re- re- not not like in a while. So mm-hmm. this was, I still feel like this was kind of fresh, even though they've squared off earlier this year. So, um, but yeah, it, it, I don't know, AJ, AJ, anything he does to me is good. I thought, a- yeah, I thought this a- was. AJ took on a young Xavier Woods in 07 in TNA. Right? Consequences Creed. Jeez, how crazy is that? That makes me feel old. 14 but, years later, jeez. Jeez, they're still doing it. Uh, I, yeah, when the music hit, I thought for sure it was going to be a new day challenging them to a match or something. Uh, but Yeah, Kofi's been g- gone the last couple weeks. Do we know is is do we know why he's out or is it mysterious? Mysterious. Um, so AJ gets on commentary and we get the main event. Lashley and MVP goes up against RK Bro, and my biggest takeaway was RK Bro is just beloved by people. They were all they people were going nuts for them. It seemed like, uh, and I love the end here. I love that. Uh, Omos got involved and, and Orton had to fight off AJ and Omos. I love that Riddle got the pin and then Orton takes out Lashley. I feel like so many people are rubbing shoulders with the world title right now and they all feel like they're getting hot right now. Uh, I love the way this this ended. It felt fun. It felt great. Uh, Raj, how do you feel the show wrapped up? Yeah, I thought this was really good. Um, the ending definitely made it seem like they're going to Lashley and Orton. Um, yeah. Last week, it seemed like to me like they were going to with Priest and Lashley, and I, I think it's actually better to go with Orton right now. If pr- let Priest keep building on that momentum. You don't, I don't think you want to beat him right now. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a fun match. The ending was cool. Um, you know, Orton hitting the RKO on Lashley was different. So, um, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Any any key takeaways, Justin? Uh, yeah, I mean, RK Bro continues to be over. Um... You know, again, I'll say this: Randy Orton is a guy who, every year that he's and he's a veteran, obviously every year he's around, you, we appreciate him a little bit more. I think the biggest knock on him was that after you know six, seven, eight years on the on the roster, he had accomplished everything. There was nothing else to do, so it was kind of like it felt like he was stale. And I'm talking about in that transition of like, you know, the, the 08, 09, 10 mm-hmm. kind of period. But he's just tremendous. Yeah, what Randy Orton is—he's he, going to go down as one of the best ever. He's going to go down. He's going to go down as one of the best ever. And you're going to look at his career, and you're going to go, "What a story!" A guy who was just wildly immature, just a just a problem child for the company early on, uh, and he's really matured into being a guy who's just a reliable, a, a reliable, solid rock that you can put in this kind of situation and he's just he's literally having fun he's in his 40s he's just having fun um i'm 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 here for all the rk bro all the randy orton stuff all the matt real stuff i'm here for it all no complaints yeah. i say he's top 10 I, I'll, I'll put i'll put it out there i'll say top 10 uh because i agree with you i think how do you argue that resume and how long he's he's just he's He's so every I don't besides I wasn't a big th- a big fan of his time feuding with the fiend, but outside of that, everything he does is great. I'm I'm on board with everything. So, yeah, he's he's amazing. Uh, any final takeaways? Again, I started saying I thought this was a great episode. I thought it was a fun episode. Uh, do you guys give this one a uh, a positive review or a negative review? 
I think for what the show has been, it was a positive for me. This it's still long, so long, and it's long periods of nothing exciting happening, and yeah. I, like like real excitement where you you get you know where you're like. I don't know. It just gets you jazzed. And, you know, it's just kind of like good matches, good matches, bad match, bad match, good match. It was kind of just a match show, but it was better than a lot of a lot of weeks. Yeah. You know, you know, Raj said earlier there was a, you know, the word is things were chaotic there today TV. But it seems like for good reason. They at least made an attempt to try to shuffle things up um, fresh, you know, for the better, you know. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we're weeks away from the next pay-per-view, so it's like you know nothing pivotal is going to happen tonight. And so for the, that for that sounding like this could be a very throwaway Monday Night Raw, it was actually you know quite a bit to talk about. So Yeah. When is, when is Extreme? Extreme Rules is next, right? Yeah. There's not a... It's like uh, three weeks, I want to say. Weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's, they've got time. Uh, it's weird in this day and age that's time I feel like (laughs) (laughs) before that's an an eternity yeah in in the old days like oh yeah that's that's coming right around the corner September 26th so we actually yeah it's quite a quite a bit away yeah so so that means uh, next week we'll probably get uh, McIntyre versus uh, (laughs) Seamus and uh, all that stuff but uh, for now, I think that was a great show. Uh, again, I want to say thank you to everyone who's been in the chat, chatting, and uh, everyone who leaves comments, who subscribes, who likes, who five-star reviews, uh, and all that good stuff. You're all appreciated. Um, any final closing thoughts before we wrap up? No, just uh, stay with us this week. It's going to be a busy week. If you haven't learned already, every week is a crazy week in wrestling these days. <laughs> Tons of big news, and you can get it all at WrestlingInc.com and follow them on uh, at Wrestling Inc. on Twitter and social media. Uh, definitely do that to stay on top of things. Also, make sure to check out the NXT After Show tomorrow, the AEW show on Wednesday, the SmackDown slash Rampage show on Friday. Always new stuff to check out. Follow it all. Uh, We'll see you all tomorrow. That does it for us. I'm Jack. He's Justin. He's Raj. We'll see you next time. Good night. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.